Hey listeners, I have another great episode for you. Uh, Just a heads up, this episode does have some content your children may not have heard before, so you may want to give it a listen before you share it with them. Thanks for listening. Hello again, I'm Laura Leterio here with the one and only Ashley Anderson and her precious soon-to-be-born baby girl. It is a chilly night in my basement, but I'm going to try to warm it up with some laughter over a very silly game. Ashley, you're going to be the first to play my new game. Oh, no. Best of three. <laughs> and uh, the title's so bad. Silly and sober. Okay. I came up with a whole <laughs> bunch of extremely silly multiple choice questions mixed in with some sober questions thrown in there, too. But you may not want to pick any of my answers. <laughs> what happens if that happens? You right? just have to. No. You have to. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. New game. All right, number one, if you bought one of these off late night TV, it would be the Floby, the Slap Chop, or the ShamWow. The ShamWow. <laughs> ShamWow, okay. Yes. Good choice. Oh, so I don't know what the other one is, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Floby is a vacuum for your hair that cuts it. That cuts it? Yeah. Oh, I would definitely choose the ShamWow over that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and then the Slap Chop, I don't know, it's just very aggressive kitchen utensil where you slap everything and chop it. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I own one. (laughs) If you were to have a bad dream, it would probably be performing on a stage in your underwear, forgetting to change out of your pajamas for your errands, dreaming you ate a 10-pound marshmallow, and waking up to a missing pillow. Whoa, that last one is crazy. (laughs) Probably the second one. (laughs) PJs. All right. If your life could be a movie, do you wish it could be Freaky Friday and change places right now with someone? It's a wonderful life and see what your city and family would be like without you or back to the future and see your future a decade from now. Wow, that one's hard. I guess probably back to the future. I think that one sounds more fun. Yeah. Yeah. And fun car. With dinner, what would you prefer to drink? Water, milk, or wine? Or wine? Mm -hmm. Oh, the wine. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Especially being 35 weeks pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) You would be most likely to own a pet chinchilla, chameleon, or chihuahua. Ew. <laughs> um, I've heard chinchillas are mean. So you said there was a lizard in there? Oh, chameleon. the chameleon? Yes, mm-hmm. I'll do that one. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you could ride through town in an animal parade, you would pick the camel, the ostrich, or the elephant? Elephant, 100%. <laughs> if you had to, would you choose to have green hair forever, eat green food forever, wear green clothes forever? Probably wear green clothes, even though that would be very unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fairy tale you like best is The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, or Cinderella. Oh, I really liked Beauty and the Beast growing up. Would you rather get into a jello fight, mashed potato fight, spaghetti fight? I think mashed potatoes. That sounds better. <laughs> would you be more likely to cook a casserole, a soup, or a salad? Probably a, well, probably a casserole, but it would have to be a stealth casserole because Simon mm-hmm. hates the concept of casseroles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just offensive <laughs> across the board. Which, you know, that's what enchiladas are, but I don't tell him that. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> He's going to know now. I know. <laughs> if you were the queen of a local festival, and these are all actual festivals, you would be the queen of the underwater music festival, queen of the cow chip throw festival. Or Queen of the Pillow Fight Festival. You said cow chip? Yes, I did. Oh, well, I guess that one just because I want to know what it is. 
Well, you'll Google it. Okay. It's Wisconsin, Wisconsin. That's, uh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> For a holiday, would you dress up as Santa, the Easter Bunny, or a pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Santa. I don't know. You are magical. Maybe like the Michael Scott, like classy Santa. Yeah. You know? <laughs> If you had to pick from only three names for your future son, I can't even say this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Would you choose Larry, Barry, or Jerry? <laughs> um, wait, what was the middle note? Airy? Larry, Barry, or Jerry? Oh, 100% Jerry. <laughs> that would still be terrible. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. All right, back to our normal game. Five minutes to play um, oh, and just answer questions. Okay. okay. If you were going to write a book, what would it be about? Uh, probably food. Eating it? Cooking it? Probably cooking it. Mostly to get away from the fact that I'm really a bad writer. And oh. At least I could just put a bunch <laughs> of ingredients and take up space. Nice. <laughs> well, speaking of food, what is a fun recipe you've tried? Um, I figured out how to make sourdough cinnamon rolls recently. They're mm. good. If I ran into you at a restaurant, where would you be in town? Oh, Pearlie's, 100%. Ooh. All right. What is something in your life more challenging than you expected? Um, can you say just adulthood in general without just being adulting? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess just the expectations of what being an adult requires. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be hard, but I didn't necessarily expect it to be hard in the ways that it is sometimes. Yeah. Do you have a hero? Um. Is it bad to say, because <laughs> this is a Christian podcast, so Jesus, maybe. <laughs> I don't really have, like, any, any like, human hero, no. <laughs> yeah, go-to breakfast. What? Uh, oh, go-to breakfast. Oh, yeah, Pearlies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, their snorer. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> what is a book or resource that has influenced you? The Supper of the Lamb. Awesome. This is a really hard question. What are two words that describe you? I know it's unfair quiet and strange okay, okay. <laughs> you, you knew it already <laughs> what is something you're passionate about um cooking if you could become an expert in something what would it be mm, maybe woodworking that might be kind of fun Ooh, probably wouldn't be good at it but i guess if i could become an expert yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be cool going back to your whittling <laughs> yeah really bad <laughs> those bad days <laughs> all right what is a place in scripture encouraging to you um, that place in, I think it's second Corinthians where it talks about, you know, God being our comfort and being present in all suffering. I really yeah. like that one. Do you journal? Uh, no. What is your exact favorite spot in your new home? I would say the upstairs room, which I guess is termed the bonus room, but that's where me and Simon play music together. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Are you taking any vacations this year? Um, this year, probably with... With my parents, we usually go in uh, July to the Outer Banks, so it'll be mm. interesting with the newborn. Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading anything right now? Yeah, the third Dune book. Okay. Um, so. I saw it in the pews. <laughs> yeah, I'm a really slow reader, so I've been reading through the first one, two, and three of Dune for like the past year, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a really good series so far. That sounded weird to say I saw it in the pews, but I said normally sit behind Simon and Ashley on Sunday mornings. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your favorite soup, Ashley? Um, <laughs> probably chicken and dumplings or chili. 
dumplings. I can't figure out. Is a dumpling? It's is like, it pasta or is it no? Like it's like a biscuit. bread biscuity thing. I get so confused by this. It's a yeah. Simon didn't know what I was talking about either when I started making. He really doesn't really like that one very much. But yeah, it's basically like a soggy biscuit. Yeah, that's why he hates it. <laughs> What's your middle name? It's Caitlin. Okay. Uh, do you collect anything? Rocks from various places we've visited, but not really like an intentional thing. More of like a, I don't really want to pay the money for a souvenir, but I mm. really like finding rocks. Where are they in your house? Like a shoebox? Like wherever. Yeah. I put some of them on display and some of them I just keep in a drawer <laughs> and some of them I lose. <laughs> so it just depends. <laughs> the intent is there. <laughs> I like it. All right. Do you have a favorite recent memory? Yeah. So me and Simon took our uh, baby moon kind of anniversary trip to Ireland in 2023. And so just going around uh, there with him, it was probably the most relaxing and fun. Mm. Um, You know, we went we went to New Zealand for our honeymoon and that was good. But oh, I'm supposed to be. No, no, you're fine. Don't even look at it. (laughs) We went there and it was, um, you know, still trying to get to know each other because we had just gotten married and all. Not that we're not still trying to get to know each other. I think you should always try and get to know your person. But we spent the majority of the time being hangry because we just waited too long to get food, (laughs) like every single day. It was still really fun. But the Ireland, we like know each other so much better now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, let's go get some food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it was just nice. Sounds lovely. What are two musicians on your playlist? Um, The one that I listened to the other day is Radiohead. And then, well, the one I listened to today was Shane and Shane, but that was to just kind of set my morning off right. Do you have a pet peeve? Um... Mostly when people like chew gum right next to my ear and don't really <laughs> like that. But I, I feel like most people would also consider that to be obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> if you had 10 times your budget, what would you spend it on? I think traveling. Yeah. Do you and Simon have any traditions yet? Um, typically, uh, this is something I guess from his childhood. But every time we set up the Christmas tree, we always play the uh, like Elvis version of like the Christmas song. Yeah. So play that and usually dance around before we actually put up the Christmas tree. That's, That's so one of them. cute. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> this is silly too, but one of our favorite Christmas albums is Elvis's Christmas album. It's so it's good. It's so though. good. And you know, very it's a tearjerker for sure. Is there a lie of the enemy you tend to believe? Oh, I think the pretty normal one that you know you're not good enough and god doesn't love you like those type of things but you know pressing into god always fixes that one so and finally do you have any home edit projects currently i mean i guess this would be more so simon's but he plans to redo our master bedroom like paint it and and put up little lights and stuff like that so it's more comfy for when we have rosemary Mm -hmm. which is what we're naming our soon to be newborn yeah i don't have anything specific in mind currently because i'm currently 35 (laughs) weeks pregnant and losing motivation daily so (laughs) okay and well what color oh it's gonna be like a sage green so it'll kind of match rosemary's room Mm -hmm. so i just figured that would be a peaceful and calming environment to be awake at all hours so yeah that's the plan (laughs) all right here we go ding okay you survived all right ashley just some general questions about your garden before we get into more specifics but if you want to share about your new neighborhood and how long you so we moved july 2023 so we've been there i guess just over six months or so it's really nice so far there is an hoa 
So that's definitely <laughs> different, especially growing up in Dinwiddie where HOAs don't exist. But uh, everyone's been nice so far. They actually had a little, I guess, Halloween get together mm-hmm. on um, one of, I guess, neutral um, areas around the where you generally like pull into the neighborhood. Um, so I got to talk with a lot of the neighbors and it's just nice that they kind of do things as community outreach. So we met our neighbors, John and Tracy. Um, and we actually met Yvonne who lives across the street from us because on the day of the moving, I, um, so we moved July, I think the third, we found out I was pregnant the fourth. Oh. Um, as far as the third goes, I was going to order pizzas for everybody um, that helped with the move. So there were about like, you know, 12 to 15 people. And for some reason in my mind, it calculated that we should have 30 pizzas, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ordered 30 pizzas. You're a generous lady. And Simon was like, why did you do? <laughs> what were you, what were you thinking? I don't you didn't know. Pregnancy brain. And I was like, I don't know. I just want to, you know, more is better than not enough. Right. So we met Yvonne because uh, I took her a pizza <laughs> and uh, I was just trying to get rid of pizza. And so now we're the pizza people. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. To our neighbors. <laughs> so where where's your home? What neighborhood are you in? So it's over near Verina. It's off of Charles City Road. So it's a little bit outside the city. Who is in your household? Oh, so it's me and Simon and I guess Rosemary while she's inside me and then she comes out (laughs) and then um, we have a dog. His name's Hank. He's a a hound and he's crazy. So he ate a rug the other day though. Oh, that was fun. A a nice rug? Well, it was a, no, it was an old rug, but it was in the bathroom and we had brought him in so he could sleep in the bathroom to be all warm and toasty at night. Because normally we'd have him in the garage when it's not freezing. He had the dream of the marshmallow. Maybe, because, (laughs) yeah, about, I don't know, a really good chunk of the rug was just gone and he had actually consumed it. That's unfortunate. It was three days of pumpkin and stool softeners for him. Ooh. So, to avoid a vet bill. (laughs) Yeah. On another note, how long have you been coming to Remnant? <laughs> um, Actually, you didn't share how you got there. How you oh, so um, at all. yeah, I guess. So I got there because so me and Simon, I guess, started dating five years ago. And shortly after, I guess, we got engaged, Simon started coming just kind of full time to Smyrna. So he would be traveling, you know, almost an hour every Sunday. Um, to come down there for that. And then through that, Josh and Joe, Roland, had decided to um, and had prayed about doing a church plant in Richmond. Mm-hmm. They had found Remnant, and I believe that it was a plan for them to get guidance and kind of mentorship. And then at that point, they would start a, a new church in Richmond. Um, so we got married and we were on the team that was set to kind of go okay. with that church plant. Um, we'd volunteered because we would already live up there anyways. And, you know, we believed in the vision of it. And then COVID hit yeah. and it's kind of hard to start a new church, um, you know, in a new place yeah. with a brand new culture that's not really known to a lot of the people that would be going. So we kind of got absorbed into Remnant at that point. And, and that was really such a good blessing, though. Mm-hmm. It was just really helpful to have such a solid thing in the midst of all that chaos and being newly married and yeah. me moving out of the house, moving with Simon, all that stuff. So that was helpful. 
All right. And what is your um, community group and which church location do you attend? So we attend TJ and Jamie Hall's community group. Um, and at our old house, we were actually three minutes away from them. Oh. <laughs> we are now 10 minutes away from them. And somehow we're still the same lateness every time. But um, and what was another question? Oh, I've not asked this in the podcast before, but I should start asking which location do you attend, downtown or midtown? Oh, we do midtown yeah. all the way. That's where we started. We actually did attend downtown for the very first time a few weeks ago. And okay. that was really nice, but it's not the same. Was Simon <laughs> playing in the band or no? just to go? We just figured we'd go just to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Let's get in to the gardening section. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Planning is the beginning. So these are your desires and dreams, Ashley, for your future. Yeah. So I guess the biggest thing currently is just uh, that we're going to have a baby soon. Very, very soon, yeah. <laughs> which is both exciting and also terrifying. But that implies a lot because I'll actually be resigning from VCU to be a stay-at-home mom. So there will be that transition as well as just transitioning into being a new parent and trying to figure out how to be a mom anyways. Um, and for Simon being a new dad. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. We're excited to meet her. It's been really interesting just the, throughout the pregnancy kind of getting to see her personality in some ways. Sure. You know, I know that you can only see a little bit of it, but um, we actually thought she was a boy at first because I didn't really have hardly any, like, side effects at the beginning. Yeah. And then... And the ultrasounds are so fun. You get They to, are. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. really, really sweet. Although the last time they did one, they decided to take a picture of her sinuses and print that one out. And she looked like a demon, <laughs> like an actual <laughs> demon. I was like, oh, that is unfortunate. But she yeah. looks cute with the normal viewing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm excited to see what she looks like in person after that one. Um, but yeah, I think that the other night Simon was actually laying on my stomach because she was just moving so much. He actually started talking in like a Batman mm. voice, you know, like the <laughs> deep, like the where's Rachel, like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and she like started bobbing towards him. Like she really <laughs> enjoyed, I guess, the low tones of his voice. So I'm interested to see what her personality is. Yeah. She seems like a fun one so far. Did you foresee staying home, coming home? Oh, no. No, I um, I had planned. My mom actually stayed home with us, which I had mentioned earlier, but I had never really planned to do that myself. I just thought... I might get bored um, or feel unfulfilled, but the funny thing is I feel unfulfilled at work anyways. Mm. You know, I, f I feel like I, I do a good job at my work. I enjoy the work, but um, I think that long term I would be able to make a greater impact spending that time with my children and investing in my family and making sure that kind of my family's on track. It's not for everybody, but I just feel very much called to that at this point in time. So. Is anything that inspired you or, I don't know, share more about that evolution? Um, I think that being with Simon actually has helped a lot. I think that part of the reason maybe why I was so against it earlier on was because I didn't really think I would find a partner that I would trust enough to to put myself in that vulnerable position because I feel like staying at yeah. home does put you in a pretty vulnerable position. So I I just never expected to trust him as much as I do. Luckily, he's a wonderful man. I really, really admire and respect him a lot. And so I think that that's given me a, a lot of confidence. We've also just talked about kind of what that would look like. And that's just talking about it, you know, like talking about things kind of takes away the fear of them, mm -hmm. I think, a lot of times. So 
That's been a really big blessing. So when you picture raising a family, I mean, remember, these are just desires and dreams. I'm not holding you to anything. (laughs) But what do you picture in your mind? I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that that'll kind of make itself known. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to expect. I'm I'm kind of trying not to have a lot of expectations for it because I just feel like it's going to be something completely different mm-hmm. than anything I could necessarily plan for I me. Mean, I do plan to stay at home and to homeschool. And I plan to really like devote myself to educating myself well so I can educate my kids well. But yeah. I don't really have a specific vision in mind for things. I guess it all depends on how God leads that. Mm-hmm. You know, we want more kids after Rosemary, but you know, all that's kind of, that's up to God. Yeah. And we'll, we'll figure it out as it comes, I guess. Totally. Do you have any other things in this section? You wrote more time to read and study and host Bible studies. I uh, I think that another thing I really wanted to do um, in the time period, because I feel like as life stands currently, you know, me and Simon both work 40 hours a week. And it's kind of, you know, props to people who are able to maybe manage their life better. But I feel like it's very difficult to take care of a house while both people are working. Mm-hmm full-time. It feels like I'm perpetually behind in all of the areas, both in work and also at home. Mm -hmm. You know, finding time to make sure everything's clean and put together and organized, and that I'm also investing in other people outside of my home and welcoming people into my home. I feel like that's an area that um, I haven't really been able to thrive in, but I'm really excited for this new chapter from the standpoint of being able to kind of be a more hospitable host, be able to relieve pressure from Simon, from cleaning and cooking and things like that Mm -hmm. in order to help us to be able to host people more freely and just make it less of a stressful thing during the week of trying to meal prep and, and plan out every second of the day kind of thing. I'm sure I'll be doing that in different ways. But yeah, ideally, I would like to host Bible studies with um, maybe some ladies, maybe moms, if they homeschool their kids or stay home. It would be nice to have some type of like a morning meetup or like afternoon meetup, I guess it depends on what everyone's schedules would be. But yeah, I don't know. I think that God's definitely put it on my heart that I need to be more active in outreach in that way, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not surprise that kind of coincides with you as your body is growing and you're sharing yourself with this new life that it kind of spills over into your home like sharing and giving of yourself and out of yourself to others they kind of go hand in hand I think wow I never thought about it that way but yeah in all the senses so. yeah so you also mentioned that that you are looking forward to more time to read yeah I I think that I I'm currently reading now and trying to get more into that. It means I don't really watch a lot of TV at all. Maybe like an episode or a movie a week. So typically in that time we're either reading or playing music or meeting up with people for dinner. So I, I think it'll be really nice to be able to kind of settle down to a rhythm of reading more, especially um, things that aren't fiction. Mm-hmm. I really like fiction, but I think that I also... I'm kind of missing reading more theologically challenging books, too. And I think that I would really benefit from that. And I think that my kids ultimately would. I feel like I'm really trying to think long term about how practices I do now are going to kind of 
impact my kids later on when they can kind of better understand things and it'll improve my ability to defend the faith even to them because they'll be asking pretty intense questions early on anyways so better be prepared you know (laughs) yeah absolutely let's move to sewing uh is there anything being sown in your life right now? And these are just seeds of faith that are being pushed into the ground and they're new things. Um, well, I mean, becoming new parents definitely is one of those things. Mm-hmm. I think something also practical currently is just, um, you know, my taking a step back from being a nurse and from working outside the home. I, uh, I am admittedly nervous about that because I typically, which is incorrect, but I place a lot of my value and my ability to do good work in nursing and take care of my patients well and have all my ducks in a row and be super organized and um, advocate for people well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how the gifts that God's given me in that area can be transitioned into, you know, being a good mom and a good runner of my home, you know. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, the home is the wife's castle type yeah. thing or the mom's castle and I'm like I hope I hope I run things well I don't know yeah. like the CEO of your own little organization <laughs> totally. you know so yeah. I hope I do an okay job at that so <laughs> it's a big responsibility yeah yeah lots of implications for sure this is kind of a weird question and I was just like well I'm just gonna write it down anyways but did you cry at all at the thought of leaving your job um you know I actually haven't I definitely I wouldn't say that I'm a an, I'm an easy crier. Mm-hmm. Um, it typically takes quite a bit for me to to cry, but I guess I could cry afterwards. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> catch me in a couple months and <laughs> then. But no, currently in anticipation of it, I haven't I haven't cried. I am sad uh, to you know leave my coworkers and mm-hmm. to kind of leave that expected routine. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not heartbroken about it either because I'm, I am truly excited for the next step too and kind of a new challenge. You're sowing an increased trust in God. Is that something you guys kick around as you're talking about leaving your job or what other life changes you're going through? Yeah, I mean, uh, that definitely is a big one. I was talking in community group a few months ago, I guess, just about, you know, just the realization that's hitting me about how hard Christianity is sometimes and um, how how difficult it is to trust in God's plan sometimes and how taxing mentally it is when you don't cast your burdens on, on mm. the Lord and you try to carry those yourself and just thinking about that in regards to the weight of being a parent and the weight of having to shepherd another life in that yeah. um, is something that we've talked about a lot because uh, it just seems so daunting you know, and so that uh, that for me is very scary. But we've been praying about that too. Another thing I've been praying about specifically is I don't know. The other day I was thinking about uh, you know the delivery and you know giving birth to Rosemary and how interesting that'll be, <laughs> um, to say the least. But uh, I guess I am just, I was confronted with the fact that I was thinking about it from the standpoint of like, oh, like glory to me, I'm able to, you know, deliver well and like raise a kid and I made that child. And Mm -hmm. I was extremely convicted in the same moment um, because I realized, thank God, that I'm thinking about it all wrong in the sense that I need to be thinking about it from the standpoint, you know, in First Samuel, where it talks about Hannah and 
she's having Samuel, who she's prayed for for a long time. Yeah. And she commits him over to the church to be kind of raised within the church and to become a priest and yeah. all of that. And I'm actually, funny enough, reading that currently. And it's just really interesting. I need to be thinking about it from a standpoint of this is God's child before it's my child. Mm-hmm. She's his and she is to, you know, bring him glory. And I can't, I can't take hold of that. That's not mine. She's her own individual I, I mean, I'm not doing anything to create her. I'm like the host, right. I guess. And God's blessed me with that opportunity. But I'm not I'm not concentrating on creating her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her cells are differentiating into all these wonderful things like her brain and her liver and her skin and all of those things. And it's nothing that I'm doing. Yeah. And I just think that that's so amazing and crazy. And personally, it's I, crazy. I have no idea how people <laughs> don't believe in God, though, like yeah. thinking about that, especially coming at it from a nurse's perspective of how complex and organized the design is. And I just I think I need to like guard myself against that from kind of taking on the pride and the glory that's not mine to hold, yeah. you know. So I've been praying about that a lot and confessing that to both God and Simon. <laughs> And um, I just want to make sure I think about it correctly with the right priorities in place. And I thank God that he revealed that to me now, you know, instead of having to kind of confront that after a few years of life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's something I'll have to keep turning over to God over and over again. Yeah, control is ugly. <laughs> mm. I think women, we tend to think like that's a good thing to like grasp everything and squeeze it tightly and demand and mm-hmm. God's like no <laughs> yeah yeah I was thinking about the verse in Psalms that was talking about how like all a man's ways seem right to him mm-hmm. and then God's the one who searches hearts like he knows the hearts he weighs the motives and it's pretty beautiful just even the evidence of your faith in Jesus that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of where your heart's not aligned with yeah. God's and he wants to bring you into alignment yeah yeah. And so, and you can't um, can't be free of a sin unless you repent uh, of it. So it's beautiful. And thank you for sharing. This is also a weird question, but I was I can't I I brought it up a bunch of times. But you singing with Simon in the past years, do you feel like it's helped you at all in this way? I was thinking about you coming along. Maybe you could share at this point the story of how you came to start singing with him, <laughs> dropping ugly. In a way, I, I feel like it's like he saw his need for you and then you came alongside him as a support and there's such a beautiful teamwork that Ryan and I saw from you guys and a unity from you two and then like increased your probably communication together and your care for one another and I don't know I just feel like that had to have impacted you in such a way and on the surface could be like well I just started singing with Simon but I don't know in my mind it was such a big moment in your relationship yeah yeah no I mean it was um it was definitely unanticipated and unplanned 100%. yeah so if you could share okay so you said Simon has a a band that he's had for many years mm-hmm. and he sings yep. alone or like what's the story so um started the band when he was 16 it's had a uh, quite a few different band mates throughout the years so when we met his sister was in the band and then Abby Ballantyne was the drummer at that time and when we met I was just kind of I mean I wasn't into like music at all I'd stopped playing piano at that point I mean I liked music you know as a concept I'd listen to it you know what mm-hmm. I mean but um I don't I didn't sing in front of people at all not even my parents so I was kind of just like a helper if that makes sense uh I would you know I would go to all of 
the shows that I could attend when I wasn't working and uh, like help with the setup and tear down and things like that and like run the merch table and all those good things. But um, as time kind of progressed, you know, different band members fell away. It ended up being, I guess, in... 2022 I think or 2021 he was doing the second album so he was recording that and because I could play piano he asked me to come up with a couple synth parts so I got the opportunity to kind of play around with that and at first I was like oh my gosh this is too much (laughs) for me even though it's just a couple notes I mean it's nothing huge but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much pressure. And I hope I do a good job and don't just like mess it up. <laughs> yeah. And that was just really fun. It was fun to be kind of included in that way. You know, not that Simon was trying to exclude me. I just never really, I never really wanted to. And I never want, wanted to kind of like blur that line either. Yeah. And I, I think it was after that. A few months later, he had mentioned he wanted to hear me sing. I still hadn't sang in front of him. We were two years into our marriage at this point. And uh, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm good. Thank you, though. (laughs) Um, But one night I ended up kind of biting the bullet and um, I had a glass of whiskey and then sang in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, a little bit of liquid courage helps a lot. So after that, we started kind of singing together more often. And he started having me go through these like vocal lessons. It's just like a app that you go through, but it teaches you different breathing techniques and things like that, oh, which cool. consequently will be very helpful when I'm delivering, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as time went on, though, and I had practiced more with him, he broached the topic of me harmonizing with him at certain shows and things. And that was just a really, really cool thing. Yeah. At that point, I had just, you know, I was still going along with the different shows you would play and, you know, helping set up and tear down, doing the merch table, all those things. But to be musically involved at that point was really, really cool. And again, something I had never anticipated. We were actually talking on the way over here um, tonight. You know, as a 12-year-old, I never thought that I would be singing in front of anyone I married, which is kind of a weird thing to never anticipate. But that (laughs) that was my thought. Much less actually be singing in the band with them or doing shows that ended up getting recorded, which is one that one in New York that we did. It actually got um, recorded. So we have recordings from that. I love it. Which is really cool. Um, and I never thought I'd be doing podcast with yeah. you either. <laughs> so it's just an interesting time of life. I think a lot of Future's bright. <laughs> that, well, a lot of ways God's gotten me out of my comfort zone because that's nothing I would have ever anticipated for myself, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I just think it's so beautiful how he invited you in and wanted you, obviously, and how you just came along and supported him. And even just the side note of you surprising him and building him a sound studio and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. all of those beautiful <laughs> things. And I just feel like I think you mentioned something beforehand Oh, about reading, how you know what you pour into yourself will come out to your kids at some later date and what you meant to your relationship or building the communication and the teamwork and the unity and this. It's like, well, we don't have a family yet, but we can still work with what we have and each yeah. other. And mm-hmm. I just think that in a beautiful way, we'll pour over into your family. And then who can't love the idea of just your family singing together someday? And Aww, you, could, you could have gone your whole life saying, I won't sing in front of the man I'm going to marry. 
and have and having this fear just grip you and because now it's gone yeah yeah what wonderful things yeah to come i just absolutely love that and i just think it's so beautiful in this category of seeds of faith and trust you said you trust simon and obviously it's not your savior or jesus but he's your husband as you step forward in trusting him and leaning on him just even informs like your freedom in your home, in your castle, as you call it, and so forth, to flourish there. And I've definitely seen that in my relationship with my husband as I lean in and trust him um, and don't try to control him and all these things, like how it actually is freedom for me in a beautiful way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, um, I definitely agree with that. I think that when we first had you guys over, both of us were talking kind of about it afterwards and just how encouraging it is to see you know like a couple who also has you know full-blown family like you guys have three wonderful wonderful awesome kids and just to see you guys pursuing different dreams Mm -hmm. and pursuing things God has for you in this time period was just really encouraging to us at that point in time too I think that that has definitely like impacted us for the better too and I think also just open communication with Simon has been a wonderful thing. He is much more of a open communicator, at least than I was. And that's kind of encouraged me to open up more in that way. When mm-hmm. we first got together, you know, <laughs> the conflicts would be more so. He would say a bunch of stuff and then I would need to process everything for like a long time. But also he can't wait a long time for things to be processed. So then that would be frustrating for him to have to exercise patience in that way. Yes. So that's been an interesting like give and take in our relationship. That's been um, something we've both learned from. I've learned to be more, first of all, a quicker processor with things mm. and then a better communicator of what I'm feeling and thinking. And then Simon's learned to be like patient and gracious to me in the moments where I do need to kind of take a step back and consider things for longer. But that's, I mean, he's my best friend. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that it's that way. I know that not everyone does get that opportunity, but God's blessed us um, tremendously in that regard. Yeah. Praise God. Let's move to watering, and these are things they're actively tending or stewarding or praying about. Um, I think that kind of already touched on some of them, becoming parents, the not taking glory for yourself kind of a thing with regard to parenting. Um, I think another concern for us in that area, too, has been just, you know, what will our relationship be like as a couple, like mm. when we do have kids will that change and how will it change and is that change a good thing or a bad thing or a mix and how do we like steward that time of life well and I think that God's kind of been you know God created Adam and Eve in the beginning and you know God didn't create you know a woman with 10 kids mm-hmm. <laughs> straight off the bat, you know. I think that it's important to highlight that, you know, your husband is supposed to be second under God and then your kids come after that and just to have those priorities in place and just thinking through exactly what that would look like practically and making sure, you know, we're planning out, you know, we want to have regular date nights, even though we will be having a little one very soon and yeah. we're very excited for her, both of us. But just kind of trying to like prep ahead with making sure that we have our quality time together, our devotional time together. We've been trying to read the Bible every night or every morning, which is easier said than done sometimes. But sure, yeah. it definitely does kind of reset how you think 
of things and how the day goes when you do get that time. So it kind of kind of binds you together as a team to tackle the day, I think. Yeah. So that's something we've been implementing and praying over each other and over each other's days. That's been something we've been trying to work on and get stronger in in anticipation for bringing kind of kids into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure um, we're balancing life well and caring for our children, but also not forgetting each other in the meantime, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Coming up next month, Ryan and I have a planned date to Charlottesville. Can't wait. You mentioned in this section the reliance on God, and I know that you put in this section before it, you're sowing increasing trust in God. Is there a difference to you, just even if it's really nuanced in the words trust and reliance? I don't know. I feel like trust is more so of a, um, this may not make any sense, so (laughs) give grace to me, but... Trust is more so like a feeling like I feel trust with this person. I feel comfortable. And a reliance, I feel like, is more of a a decision to stick with, to rely upon, I think, is to actively make the choice kind of like fall in line with that thing. So, so why is that word in the watering section for you? I think that God is growing my reliance um, and kind of watering that in me. He definitely has been very patient over the years but it's it's definitely something where I can tangibly see a difference mm-hmm. where my faith is now from where it was and my reliance on him has definitely increased um, even in the past two years from what it was when me and Simon first got married I mean yeah. we're not we're not even the same people when we first got married which wow. we talk about a lot but not that we were you know crazy people beforehand but the way that we think about faith and family and community and our relationship with God and how that matters above everything else mm-hmm. is definitely different now than it was, which is beautiful. Yes. Right? It's very, very cool. Something that I was thinking about is part of this section is is prayer and things are being watered because you're constantly going before the throne and you're talking to God and you something that you said you didn't want in your life for a time when you were younger is something that you desire now. And so, and just you're acknowledging that you're praying more and you you desire Jesus more. I don't know. So we can know things, but doesn't mean that we show it. I had this weird thing in my head, like you can, you can know it, but not show it. So then you won't grow it. But now it sounds like you had this knowledge of Jesus. You weren't showing that or expressing it. And so then it couldn't grow in you. And now there's like something that's happened in your life where he's in it and you're knowing, you know about him, but you're also knowing him. And that's like showing up in your Mm -hmm. life. And then now it's growing. Can't help but think of how beautiful it is that now you're growing up person inside of you and you're going to share your faith with this little girl. And like, Mm -hmm. she's going to go out into the world and, um, uh, we just trust that she'll, you know, be in this covenant home and, and she'll grow up to know Jesus and share him. And I love this beautiful story that you have of knowing Jesus and then it, yeah, growing up in you and out of you. And um, the Bible says that children are a blessing, but that doesn't mean just to you personally. They bless out mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. Ryan and I were thinking about that the other day and my brain just kind of got sloppy for a while <laughs> but yeah no that, I mean that makes sense yeah I was talking with actually Jackie about this the lady I, I prayed for in the mm-hmm. first part 
when she was pregnant with her first child, I remember talking with her and she was talking about the concept of studying her child. And I had never heard anyone talk like that about their child before. You know, most people, you know, not really, at least they don't talk about studying their child. They talk about the concept of, you know, raising that child up. But God's already kind of given that child the basis for everything. You know, it says in the Bible that God's written the need for him on our hearts anyways. Mm -hmm. He's given Rosemary her personality already. I didn't create that, Mm -hmm. you know. And the way that she'll learn and the way that she'll interpret the world is going to be different than I interpret it and the way that Simon interprets it. And I think that the way that we think about God is just oftentimes really small. Yep. I mean, admittedly, at least in in my mind, it's really small. He has massive plans with implications for decades and thousands of years ahead of time. Um, and somehow our families are going to impact that in some way and our lives are going to impact that in some way to bring him glory and to show off kind of what he can do. And he is the great designer, you know? Yeah. I think I take that for granted a lot, far too often. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And then you had this one other thing in this category, and you were talking about your relationship with your sisters and others. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like uh, in the last year, my sisters and I have been able to go through quite difficult circumstances, but that it's been something where we've been able to remain close throughout that time. And Mm -hmm. I know that especially after witnessing things with, you know, my my mom and her brothers and, you know, it's just families can be very fragile and they can fracture really easily, especially, you know, when at the heart of everything, if, if everyone's not aligned through Christ, there's nothing really truly that binds you, you know, being blood related, uh, blood relatives doesn't, it doesn't mean that you'll always be close. But I'm really thankful that both, both of my sisters, you know, we've been able to remain really, really close. Mm. And that's been a really big blessing. And then, like I said, kind of earlier in the first part, Simon's brother Jude and his wife Yawen, they've also become uh, really close to us. Um, well, me in particular, um, mm. they've been yeah, obviously, you know, Simon and Jude they go back years, <laughs> but it's just been really, really nice getting to know Yawen and her becoming another sister to me and then getting to know Jude and him becoming a brother to me as well. It's just really, really very special. And uh, I'm really grateful for that in this time. And uh, definitely that's been an area in all of those dynamics where I've been praying over the relationships and the dynamics and that God would grow us all kind of together in unison. And it's been really cool to see kind of how he has blessed that. All right. Well, the next section is the training and pruning section. And um, these are the things that don't feel good, but right now are good. Sometimes when you prune, you're actually cutting good things. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily like the the disease things are just the weak things. When you're pruning, sometimes the gardener has to, has to cut a good, good stem of growth. And so since I've never brought up that aspect before on the podcast, and especially with what you wrote and what you want to talk about, I just thought it'd be a really good way to start this section. And I wanted to read the verse from John 15, one through two, before you share what you're going to share. John 15, one through two says, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes 
so that we'll be even more fruitful. And I thought that was really relevant to what you're going to share. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense, though. I mean, I, I think pruning sometimes is isn't the seasonal thing, too, where mm-hmm. you're chopping off good to create a better later on down the road, which I think is very much kind of, you know, what's happening at this point in time for us, specifically with having a, a newborn coming up. You know, I feel like there is a certain dynamic of change when me and Simon got married in that, you know, one man should cleave to his wife and they'll kind of be ever they'll become their own home, mm-hmm. um, their own family. And there's a certain element of that that definitely did happen. But I feel like it's another challenge that God's kind of designed. Well, he has designed <laughs> when you have kids and just, you know, the the leaving of kind of your your family yeah. and you're kind of you're really then establishing your own your own patterns of life, your own patterns of parenting and kind of what that means. And I think that that's something that I didn't really consider a lot until you know, we did get pregnant. And I think that that's going to be a sweet time. But at the same time, I think it's going to be challenging in the sense that it'll require different boundaries to be set for our existing families Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that our family is able to grow in the way that God wants it to as well. And just, you know, we'll establish our own patterns and our own traditions, you know, involving our kids in church as often as possible. I just think that that's going to be a really cool time of life. I do think that it'll probably be like uh, akin to growing pains though. Yep. In some ways, because, you know, I mean, I'm 20, well, I'm almost 27. Simon is 29. And uh, it's hard to change patterns and traditions with your your family after that long, I think. So it'll be interesting for sure. The pruning for you or training, however you want to say it, would be maybe drawing some boundaries or creating boundaries or just establishing your family. Yeah, I think it'll just be kind of a an establishing of kind of our, our norms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there will be things that we'll need to take into account more so now than when it was just me and Simon with regard to, you know, you know what things look like with regard to being uh, around you know, family members that are frankly opposed to the gospel and things like that. On both sides? On both sides, yeah. There are people on both sides that are just completely opposed to the gospel. And while that is heartbreaking and and we do need to be there for those family members, it's also, I think, a delicate balance of making sure that our family is protected too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people talk about the danger of indoctrinating your children, but the reality is they're going to be indoctrinated by something. Right. So I'd rather that be Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to prune good things. And I think, as I mentioned before, one of your family superpowers is your welcoming spirit. That could also be like your greatest strength could be your Achilles heel. And you could be like, this actually could be really challenging for you guys. Like welcome your families, (laughs) but you're going to have to be like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's so much easier to kind of, I guess, welcome without consequence when me and Simon are both settled in our faith yeah. and not settled as in stagnant, but settled as in we're confident in our decision to follow Christ. We are not changing that. Uh, you know, we're in it for the long haul. But for bringing up children, you know, I think that's something to consider who they're around and 
what's being said. And that's not to say that we're going to shield them from all non-Christians. That would be crazy. But, you know, we are going to be responsible to God for what, what we do with regard to protecting our kids and what we do with regard to teaching our children and mm-hmm. allowing them to come into contact with different bull and sins and things like that. I think yeah. that that's something that God's going to be growing us <laughs> in um, a lot this year. And obviously, you know, she'll come out. She won't know what's happening. You know what I mean? But there will be a time when she starts really picking up on things. It's younger than you think. And it's not, yeah, it's not something. I mean, I think that it's before kids learn to talk sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're already picking up on even just attitudes, you know, and and uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. So Simon also comes from a homeschool family. Mm -hmm. You think that would be challenging? I I don't know. I think sometimes homeschool families, you can cultivate this group identity. Was that challenging for both of you when you got married to step outside of that? Or was that not really an issue? No, I think that that's definitely been an issue for sure. Um, I think that for me, it was definitely a big change in taking a step back from my family to cling to Simon as my husband. And for me, that happened when I was with Simon. For Simon... Um, that happened kind of when he went to college Mm -hmm. and then he ended up moving to New Jersey for a job. This was before we met. And so he kind of went through that separation phase at that point. There still definitely is, I guess, dynamics at play, though. I think that probably we're influenced by partially homeschooling, partially other things that would, I guess, make this whole boundary section a little bit more challenging yeah so yeah I was thinking about boundaries one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 16 and it talks about how the father draws boundary lines but it's not unlike God to draw boundaries boundaries are all over the scriptures so Mm. yeah so now that you're having or thinking about drawing lines in places do you understand your father better your father in heaven well, I wish that were the case. <laughs> I mean, I I think that that probably will be the outcome of it. Yeah. But I guess since we're still in the midst and mm-hmm. kind of the anticipatory stage of it, yeah, I think that I'm just more so confused rather than anything else at this point, um, and kind of conflicted on on, you know, because with some boundaries, especially with things like this, it's not necessarily always a moral decision, right? Mm-hmm. There can be two decisions, and neither of them is morally wrong. But you still have to make the choice. Right. And the conflict is which one would be the better choice of the two? And how do you do that? And what are the implications long term for that choice? So I hope that I learned more about Christ through it. I, I guess in a way I have learned that um, he's so much better at it than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely uh, true. I, uh, yeah. Training is hard. Um, pruning, yeah, it doesn't feel good. Usually if you're pruning, you're cutting away something that's been growing for a long time. Mm -hmm. We've got two fruit trees and they need to be pruned. They're Mm -hmm. newly planted. Mm -hmm. And we could look at them and go like, well, it looks nice right now. Like it has all these branches or that's good, right? Like it's good how it is. And so, yeah, even with what you're talking about and is in a lot of ways unknown for you and Simon, what you're stepping into and there could be a part maybe where you guys are like, oh, this is fine. Just good. We'll just kind of not ruffle feathers or whatever. Yeah. And the point is God is a gardener and he does this. He's established this pattern right. to like cut back good things. Right. And um, the reason why is your baby. And so like I said my fruit trees are new. 
newly planted and we limit production in the early years for the sake of like what's to come. Mm. Like the harshest pruning is actually in the earlier Mm -hmm. years. A lot of these meditations I was reading about in this wonderful book given to me by a friend called Turning of Days by Hannah Anderson. And they're just seasonal meditations, but Mm. it's just really lovely. A book you could pick up any time of year and find a short lovely meditation. But anyways, the whole point is so that, so as you're cutting back and it looks naked or bare, right? You're, the roots are being established in the unseen place. Right. And I just, yeah, thought that was just such a beautiful thought and meditation for where you're at currently. And, and the point is to establish your roots well and strong for flourishing. What is being cut back now, who knows what God has you know, right in the right. future. So maybe just, you know, hold that thought. And I love it that. Away. So I love that a lot. I think that I think that is probably the the scary thing is that it does require a large amount of pruning mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. But you're right, though, that that has great implications for the future. And mm-hmm. that if it's not pruned, if boundaries aren't created that are healthy now, then the implications could be disastrous for later on. So we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's move to the next section. And this is the weeding section. And why did you put what you put in the weeding section? That definitely piqued my curiosity. Yeah, so stuff has just happened recently. I don't want to get into too much of it, but there have just been some family challenges recently on Simon's side of the family that has definitely impacted kind of the way that we view uh, security in family. Okay. And the way that we view ourselves within that and kind of what we are relying on. It's revealed that our reliance can't be on people, but has to be on God foremost. Yeah. And I think that That kind of goes back to the boundaries section and making sure that we're protecting our family and and making sure that we um, are mindful about the choices that we make with regard to kind of who's around and how involved they are with our children. I mean, it doesn't feel good, I'm sure, whatever it is that you know that you're talking about. It's not like you want this to happen or Simon wants to be struggling in this way or having these difficulties in your family. And so it's painful and it's suffering because we know it's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. (laughs) Another scripture came to mind recently that I had been reading about suffering. Scripture was in Philippians 3 and it was talking about that we know him and the power of his resurrection because it said something about his death, and then about how we as Christians identify with his afflictions or his sufferings. And in a way, I'm like, okay, then that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Or what it is, there's still an element of it that conforms us to Jesus. And so obviously, that's something that you're in right now that you're like, why is this happening, God? Mm -hmm. This stinks. We should be having in a perfect world, like a great relationship all the way around. But as Christians, the encouragement is there, though, in the scriptures that even if we can't understand it in the moment, there's still like a hope that pain can take the shape of beauty for a Christian somehow. And pain isn't absent of God is something that I was thinking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with (laughs) the hero. No, I think that that's that's a, a beautiful 
a beautiful view of it. I think that that is something that is definitely apparent to us in this time. Just some things have happened recently where kind of had an expectation of someone's position on, maybe I could say it this way. There's just been uh, some some family members that have recently changed their religious affiliations and renounced Christianity, become agnostic completely. And that has been something that's just completely rocked Simon's family. And while being brokenhearted for that, it also does have the beauty of at least the truth is known. At least there is the opportunity to create boundaries to make sure our family is protected with our little newborn. But with that also is just a lot of grief, I think, and not a lot of understanding as to kind of what our role is in in all of this, you know, how how we can best glorify God in, in our conduct. Right. And best represent his love well, mm-hmm. while also kind of walking the line of of protecting our family too um, and loving our family well too. It's definitely been challenging in trying to figure out how God wants me to be a supporting and loving wife in the midst of something that was kind of unforeseen on his side of the family and you know how I can best support him well and love him like while he is grieving in that way. We'll be praying. Thank you. I appreciate it. So you had something here about patience yeah, yeah, I think that God is is a good God of patience and in difficult and challenging times. I think that he you know, he's sovereign over all and he knows the outcome of everything and he still allows us to make choices within that, which mm-hmm. is just kind of crazy. The concept of free will is kind of crazy. It's beautiful and painful, you know, much like suffering. I feel like suffering and free will kind of go hand in hand in that way. But I think that God is a patient God, and he's definitely been supporting us well. And it's been a good reminder to definitely start out every day with reading the Bible and to start out every day with prayer and to be faithful in seeking God even when we don't feel him nearby. Because he always is there. Uh, there's no there's no separation. And if anything, it's because we're farther away. It's not because he's running from us. And I feel like it's... Something where, you know, you can go outside and you can just take a walk and it's like you look up and you notice this guy for the first time in three weeks kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a lot of times just we're looking in the wrong spot and we're not looking for ways that he's blessing us. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this more challenging recent time, we we literally were hanging out with Jun Yawen and talking about everything going on and we looked up a sermon to try to kind of guide us through kind of what what has been going on the past few weeks and the first sermon that popped up was a Tim Keller sermon on God in dark times Mm. or something like that every single time we've looked up something it's been you know something on like wisdom and difficult circumstances or God's presence in dark times and it's just been extremely timely and you could look at that as a con convenient like coincidence but it's very much I think God kind of guiding us through and putting resources in our path that will help to give us comfort and understanding even just passages that we will find in scripture too of just God's love for us and God's continued faithfulness and 
I think the part in, I believe it's First Peter, where it talks about God being a patient God and seeking that all would come to know him and that all would find him and that he's just such a loving God. And to kind of be able to rest in that and find comfort in that has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's very tempting for me to think like if something doesn't feel good, it's not love. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole love should feel good all the time. I think this has been a pretty clear-cut example of, you know, God's love in pruning this section of life or weeding this section of life. I think in some ways when you asked if creating boundaries with family dynamics has shown me more of God's character, Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of them even. Just that, you know, um, God allowed this to happen now at this point so that we are able to more accurately and effectively create boundaries which will be more loving in the long run, even if they feel terrible now, you know. And you're making room for him. You're making room to uh, for grace in your life, to, to flow freely, always right. with the weeding. It's always like, let's unclog the plumbing <laughs> so that grace can flow freely and so that we can truly like experience and know God not just know about him but know him yeah I'm like okay let me go look up in the dictionary what knowledge means and it was just so fun to do that and to think about this word like what does God want he wants to know us like he wants to have knowledge of him but that can only happen like in real life it's Mm -hmm. not abstract we actually have to walk Ryan always tells me Laura like God doesn't walk you around stuff he walks with you through stuff yeah with you through stuff and so this knowledge thing just peeling back that word is slow we can understand him we can actually say like that oh i get it now or now something's in your perception that was never in your perception about god before yeah or you can actually grasp it and hold it in your hand like they're all different ways of thinking about what it means to like have knowledge of something like to know it Mm -hmm. um and so that's not gonna come without that squeezing or the trials i get a little passionate about it about life, I guess, sometimes. That's good, though. Yeah. That's how it should be. (laughs) (laughs) So, Harvest. Yes. I am so excited for you to share in this section about God's faithfulness, you and Simon and your answered prayers and all these things. Would you share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something I had written down was just, uh, like, freedom slash progress from past sins. And I had mentioned earlier on just struggling with pornography. And it's just really, really nice to be able to celebrate five years free from that. Obviously, lust is still, you know, something that I'm going to have a propensity to have temptation for for the rest of my life, which is expected. But it is extremely extremely exciting to just see God's provision specifically in that and to be able to even have that as a part of my testimony to be able to share with other ladies so they don't feel alone and they don't feel like they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel for something like that either I mean obviously again I'm in progress I'm not perfect in that area but God has been so good and gracious to me in that area. And so that's something I'm very, very happy about. Another area I think that God's been working on in my life since me and Simon have gotten married is, you know how I said I trust him a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In some ways, 
like you said earlier too, some of your biggest strengths can also be your biggest weaknesses. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've also struggled with idolizing him to a fault. So obviously any idolization apart from God is wrong. And I feel like in marriage, that's been something I've struggled with, which I know is not the case for everybody because everyone's family dynamics are different and marriage dynamics are different. But that's been an area where God's been working on my heart a lot, trying to make me think about the danger of that and the fact that I can't put that weight on another person. Yeah. And that's been something that me and Simon have talked about a few times where, you know, you can't you can't put expectations that you have that should be on God on another human because that human is going to let you down and that's just what it is and I um when did you realize that 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 was probably I would say probably about like nine nine months in a year in something like that you know where I mean he's my best friend I spend so much time with him it just seems respecting him is really easy and then relinquishing kind of like I always thought that submission would be difficult for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually I had planned and expected it to be difficult. But at least in 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 my case with Simon, submission's actually been really easy because I do trust him and I respect his opinion and he doesn't lord it over me and mm-hmm. things like that. It's something that he understands is something that I'm giving and not something that he is forcibly taking or, or taking advantage of. But with that comes the danger of then putting expectations that he's always going to know the right answer. He's always going to be able to lead us in the right way. He's always going to, you know, be there for me emotionally in every way I need him to be. And that's just unfair. Um, And it's not realistic either. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to ask him for forgiveness for that quite often, I think, and ask God for forgiveness more, (laughs) you know, because that's not the way that I should be treating the creator of the universe that created me and Simon in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I think that that's something where I've been praying. My prayers typically for that look like, God, I'm sorry, I have replaced you with Simon or I've replaced you with someone else mm-hmm. again. And please forgive me for that. You are the only person that can stand under that weight. And you're the only person that can be there for me in, in that way. And I think that realizing that and praying that consistently and asking for forgiveness and for change in that area consistently has actually been an area that God's blessed and and very much answered. Obviously, again, not perfect in that area either. And I still catch myself doing that from time to time, but it's not nearly as bad as it was when we first got married. You know, I feel like if you're putting another person in place of that, you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment with anybody. And you're also just, you're you're setting that up to crush the other person. Sure. And that doesn't grow a marriage well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think that that's been something that God's been really, really reliable and consistent in helping us with. You said a couple times, I think, you know, I'm not all the way there yet, but it is still true that you have had a harvest, that God is still bearing fruit. Absolutely. And Absolutely. still can praise him for it. Absolutely. Even even just the realization like early on into marriage is, I think, much more beneficial than building a marriage 10 years out and then realizing that you've built your house on sand, you know? Mm -hmm. Thank you for being so honest and not running away from saying things that I'm sure it's not comfortable for you to say, share some of the things that you shared. (laughs) 
by any means. <laughs> to be quite honest, talking about myself this much is extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> for me, but, but I appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, it's just encouraging. And yeah, just the fact that God is Lord. He gets all the glory and it's not where he wants to leave us. Praise God. Doesn't he tell us to like throw off our sin, like run away from it, leave it behind? Yeah, we just go pick it up again and then have to set back down again and say we're sorry and then pick it up again and say we're sorry and set it down again. But he doesn't say to hide it. <laughs> I guess that's true. my point. Yeah. Instead yeah, yeah. of like, I don't want this to be true of me. And I, I get scared of that. It just, it's just so ugly. I think but that makes total sense, though. I mean... That's what I did for years with pornography. I just, I stopped saying sorry to God for it because I didn't want to face the fact that I messed up again, Mm -hmm. you know. And the same thing with this. There is such a temptation to just bury it. But, you know, you bury anything. It becomes bitter after a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had one more thing. You said you, and you've seen an increase in your Bible reading and your prayer. Yes. That's been something that me and Simon have been intentionally working on uh, both individually by ourselves reading and praying and then also again we we typically try to read a chapter or two and pray together every night or in the morning before we leave for work it just depends on kind of how the day goes Mm -hmm. and what time we have to be in by but that's been an area that's been really really wonderful because I think it's been a lot more grounding, especially with all the new changes that are happening with moving and getting pregnant and being close to having the baby and then other things happening in life. That's been really, really helpful. It's been nice to have pretty consistent reminders of God's faithfulness and God's love. And, you know, it's funny when you obey him how things, you know, work out in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but going through the difficulties you're going through right now and the sorrows who knows where you and simon would be your headspace if this had not been the rhythm in your home as of late you know you could be saying a whole nother having a whole different kind of podcast a lot more tearful if that were the case yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i think that i don't know this year's been really really good in that way well i guess this year just started but (laughs) you know the past year ish has been really really helpful in that way and especially being accountable to one another and checking in pretty often. That's something that when we went through premarital counseling with Pastor Robert, Robert Rowland, he had said that we should, uh, you know, that we should be in the Word together, that we should be doing activities that require teamwork regularly, and that we should also be checking in often. So typically... I guess the activity could be music. Mm -hmm. That's been something that's definitely been out of my comfort zone, but it's been something that's grown us together quite a lot and made us rely on each other and teamwork and things like that. Being in the Word and reading and being accountable to that has been something that I think has been probably the number one reason why we're where we're at as far as our marriage and the way that we communicate with each other. Yeah. Something else that's been more recent in your lives, or maybe I'm wrong in the timeline, but Simon's been leading worship on Sunday mornings oh, um, yeah. on occasion. just seems like a beautiful overflow into this whole story. Is your home become a more worshipful place on the whole? Oh, 100%. So, and I don't say that flippantly, it's 100% different than when we first got married. Uh, because at that time, when we first got married, the priority of music was very much 
a drive in order to make it kind of a thing for Simon. And there's nothing wrong with pursuing, you know, your dreams and pursuing music and pursuing art or whatever it may be for you. But um, it was something that kind of took, I guess it, it, it took the place of, of using that gift that God had given Simon for God's glory. It was more so, I think, more so for his glory at the time. And through the years, God's just put people in our life, like Ryan, that's just really changed his outlook. And God's convicted Simon too in that way. I mean, when we first met, the idea and concept of being like a worship leader or leading worship or playing in a worship band, Simon did that early on when he was a teenager. Mm. He never wanted to again, and he never planned to again, ever. And to see the transition from when we first met, and it was kind of going full on after kind of like making it as a rock star kind of a thing, to using his gift to bring glory to God and to kind of unite people in worship has just been crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, uh, he talked with Ryan, um, like I said, a few months after we first met at Emily and Craig's wedding. And at that point in time, he was really searching for kind of how he can fit music in with his walk with God and what that really looks like, because he had never really tried... I think, or maybe he had, but he hadn't considered it in this way of the the integration of it and how best to do that. Mm -hmm. And Ryan gave him advice to actually just kind of take a sabbatical and take a break from it. At the time, it was really, really causing Simon a lot of stress and making him feel unfulfilled and frustrated and like a failure and things like that. And he did end up taking Ryan's advice and, and... taking a sabbatical laying it down (laughs) yeah no but i think it was like laying an idol down Mm -hmm. basically he ended up not playing music at all for a while which was a little bit concerning to me because i was like oh you're not gonna like give it up fully are you because i really like his music but he replaced a lot of that time with kind of pressing into god more and i think that that was invaluable when he started playing music again, his outlook towards it was different. And that's not to say that he never fell back into old ways, but Mm -hmm. it was very much seeing a progression over time of that being, of the old ways sinking their way in a lot less. Yeah. And I mean, I can't give away too much, I guess, (laughs) but um, he has a new album concept in mind and a lot of his songs are becoming more Christian. I guess I can't really say much at all, but um, we'll we'll be excited to find out. (laughs) Yes, I have no idea when when we would record it or um, when when exactly it would be out, but he has the entire concept formulated already. Mm. And since he's committed everything over to God at this point in that area, he has been getting like so many new song ideas. Wow. That just blow the other songs out of the water. Wow. And he just seems lighter mm-hmm. you know he seems more free when he writes his music and he seems more free when he's just playing around on a guitar now mm-hmm. and i'm really excited to see where it goes yeah. i'm really really proud of him yeah me too yeah also rosemary really likes it when he plays music <laughs> she was thrashing around like a little shark the other night so it's yeah. cute <laughs> yeah this whole worshipful worshipful yeah, tone of your home, it, it's just, it's spilling out, and I can see it in y'all, and it's exciting. And just even the fact that you're reading scripture together is really encouraging. 
I appreciate hearing that. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely been different. I don't know. It's weird to be nervous to read the Bible in front of your husband, I think, but I was definitely nervous. And also I don't really like, Probably feels like weird my reading voice, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, my, my throat is getting tired. You know? <laughs> um, it does feel weird at first, but then you just keep pressing on. Now it's just normal. Mm-hmm. I guess after a year, it should feel pretty normal. But yeah, it does take some getting used to, I think. But it definitely has a marked benefit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are people of the book and God's word is life. We don't want to be, this is what I was thinking about. And it's totally silly, but I think it's going to segue into the end of the podcast. So bear with me. We don't want to be like a dried raisin. I was thinking about how if God's word is life and then we're not eating it or reading it, then we'll like shrivel up. So then we'll be like a nasty dried raisin or prune people. But like, what's the reverse? Like we have, okay, so we'll have like shrunken souls. But then if we're reading God's word, we're like nourished. We're like that luscious grape that produces sweetness and wine, wine. <laughs> which I think segues into where you're going to take us to close out the podcast. If you would please share uh, yeah. what you brought. Yeah. So I um, I just figured I'd, I'd talk a little bit about The Supper of the Lamb since that was kind of a book that we did. The, well, I attended the book study that you <laughs> hosted for, you know, two times. But um, I was just reading through that book more over the past few months by myself because I really like the way that the author describes food and the concept of of food, especially as a Christian and God's design and everything. So um, some of my favorite chapters are seven through nine. Um, Literally seven is just talking about making bone broth for (laughs) like 30 pages. Eight is uh, talking about wine and the beauty of God's design. And then nine is just fun. It just talks about like a stew, making a stew. But Specifically about chapter eight, I really, really liked the author's emphasis on how wine is something that, while it can be used negatively, that's not how God created it to be. And it has been something that he's intended to bring people together and to enhance foods, enhance hospitality. And I just love the way that he describes the author. Um, describes just how um, intentional God was with making wine. I personally love wine myself. (laughs) Um, Obviously, (laughs) I do miss it. (laughs) Um, And my husband also works at a wine company, so that's also an added temptation. (laughs) But anyways, but there was a part of the book I wanted to read. It's on page 124 in the ebook, at least. So bear with me as I read this. So with all things, creation is God's living room, the place where he sits down and he relishes the exquisite taste of his decoration. Things, therefore, as things are inseparable from God, as God. Separate the secular from the sacred and the world becomes an idol shrouded in interpretations. Creation becomes too meaningful to make love to. As religion devoured life for the pagan, so significance consumes the world of the secularist. Delectability goes by the boards, dullness reigns, and earth becomes a sitting duck for confidence men and ten fiddle manufacturers of all sorts. Poor earth, poor stars, poor flesh. Without a giver, they never become themselves. Deliver us, O Lord, from religiosity and godlessness alike, lest we wander in fakery or die of boredom. Restore to us thyself as giver, 
and the secular as thy gift. And I just really like how it talks about just that God created all things. And a lot of things that we attribute to as secular or something that not doesn't necessarily outright point to God, it really is still in his design, just like wine is his design. We can use it for bad things and, you know, we can use it to abuse it, but God didn't create it for that purpose. He created it for our enjoyment and for enhancement to dishes and enhancement to good times with friends and family. And um, as a side note, um, a dream of mine would be if Remnant started using actual wine and really, really good like sourdough bread as the communion. I just think <laughs> that that would be really special. But um, I know that they can't do that for certain reasons and that it is difficult with, you know, people being sinners and us not wanting to create a stumbling block for people potentially struggling with alcoholism and things like that. But I do think that it kind of reflects the communion with God to, to use the best of what we can offer in order to commune with him. Mm. Um, just like we would offer, you know, the best wine or the best meal when company comes over. I think that that also should be something that, that we lead in with communion as well as the church. And um, I don't know, maybe that could change in the future. Talk to Simon about maybe, maybe I could make some bread for communion or something when I stay at home and have time. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyways, I will, I will leave with that. But mm. If you'd like to see it, though, it is page 124 of the ebook, <laughs> um, and it's the Supper of the Lamb. But uh, with that, I will go ahead and close this out in prayer. Um, dear God, I thank you so much for Laura. I thank you so much for her podcast and what you're doing through her and the lives of women at our church and women outside of our church and everyone who listens to the podcast. I just pray that you continue to bless her and her family. I thank you for how they've influenced us for the better, how they've shown us the ways that you're faithful and the ways that you can grow a family and knit them together, both as individuals and in you. And um, I just pray that you continue to bless them and keep them. And I thank you for our time together. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted. <laughs>